0: The last word with Matt Cooper. Today FM, it all happens here. Today FM I'm a little bit anxious and concerned about handling this very first item on the programme for fear that I ruin it for you, which is episode 3 of series 4 of Succession. Now I know there are a lot of you out there who may not watch this particular programme and you may think that this is nothing to do with you but we're going to be talking about all TV and streaming in general even if you don't like Succession. And as it happens I am aware that there are people who don't like Succession. There are even friends of mine who don't like it and who have remained friends of mine even though I now seriously doubt them on the basis of how could you not love Succession as the cleverest television and. Most most entertaining television drama that possibly has ever been made. Maybe that's hyperbole, but last night's episode, and again, I'm not going to tell you what happened, but the manner in which the twist was delivered, the writing of the dialogue, the extraordinary acting of the main players, the tension evoked, and the way even in which the scenes were shot and edited made it possibly the most compelling hour of television I've ever enjoyed watching. Dave Hanratty from the No Encore podcast, How I overdone it there a bit? No, I think you nailed it.
1: Uh, you could probably go for another couple of sentences there and still not find the superlative necessary for this incredible era of television that we can't spoil. We've got to be careful here, you know. It's a pivotal episode of the show, we could say. Also, you got to swiftly unfriend those people, by the way. like they they got to go. they got to go <laughs> immediately. Much like, you know, be as ruthless as the characters in succession. Cut them out of your life. Get done.
0: With the, well, I can't say the expert of on air. That would have been the famous catchphrase mm. of one of the can't mm-hmm. help, but do I tell them to F off? So do
1: I? Uh, I'll leave that to you. <laughs> I'll dance around spoilers because we're, yeah, I mean, like, all I can say is it was landmark Arab television and everyone should be paying attention to it. People are very excited, hence us having this conversation, I think, today.
0: Yes. Uh, Elaine Burke, uh, have you had a chance to watch it yet? Yes. Yeah.
2: Just in time. I've just turned it off this moment.
0: (laughs) okay, but you're not going to say anything now that might give away the twist to our listeners' No, no,
2: not at all. But you're dead right. This is Landmark Television. This is one of those episodes that people who may have never watched the session might study as something that's just showing the craft of television at its best. Um, And the only thing I can make a comparison with, which won't give any spoilers, if you know, you know... There is an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer that has the same kind of recognition around it, and it's only anyone who knows will know what I'm talking about here without giving anything away.
0: But I don't, and so that's... Exactly.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, what I mean here is this is an episode of television that, like you said, it really will be studied with uh, intensity because of the level that it is set in its storytelling.
0: But how did you manage not to watch it until after three o'clock this afternoon without finding out what happened in an episode that was broadcast on Sky Atlantic at nine o'clock last night, but was available for earlier for various people during the streaming services?
2: So here's, this is the challenge of the modern era and the fact that we get to access things when we want them and when suits us. It used to be that things like this would be watched collectively and we'd all have the collective experiences and that you'd be safe to talk about the next day because you had the limitations of the time frame of when things were broadcast was when you caught them. But I was enjoying my long bank holiday weekend, but new uh, because of mere headlines and snippets and hints that had been given away uh, in any kind of interaction I had online since uh, I knew something big was about to happen. And even us talking about it now, people know something is going to happen in this episode that is significant. And I think that is, in itself creates a spoiler environment because I hate to even know when a film or a TV show has a twist in it because you're sitting there then waiting for the twist to drop. Um, so it just means that because we don't really watch things collectively anymore and because we operate in an environment where we're online a lot and people are trying to create content for the demand of the people who have seen the thing, we are inevitably going to come across spoilers and it's really, really tough to avoid them. And I, I try my very, very best to not spoil anything for anyone, but it, it can be very difficult.
0: OK, what we're going to do now is play you a clip of the trailer for last night's edition and I have been told that there is absolutely no spoiler in this.
2: Willa, it's like you're a princess in a film. <sighs>
0: The sham marriage and the death of romance. It's gonna be great. Congratulations. Thank you. How's the groom? He's nervous about his dad.
1: You think he's gonna pop right?
0: Spoke with Carrie. He's hoping. I'm
1: Embedded press. He's fixated on the
0: cake. Are you just with me for money, Willa? Today's the day. Strategic refocus. Clean out the stalls. A bit more aggressive. You push, Sid. Roman nice Jerry all in the day's work just lost his confidence.
2: I danced us through a thunderstorm without us getting wet.
0: You can't keep expecting me to bend over for you. You are with me. Not only do we get the spoilers out, but we actually manage to get all the expletives out as well.
1: Very impressive, yeah. We're dancing around our own thunderstorm here, I will say as well. Uh, Elaine was spot on. Well, first of all, the Buffy the Vampire Slayer episode comparison is dead on. And also just the idea that, yes, if you even text a friend and say, have you seen Succession this week? Like, you are priming someone. You're getting their expectations up immediately. So it's almost impossible in this day and age, in any capacity, with the flow of information and the social you know platforms that we have, to not spoil a major Zeitgeist show such as Succession.
0: But what is it that people feel the need that they have to comment when they know that there are many other people that they know who would not have watched it, such as maybe people who follow them on social media, that if you... Watch it, hours in advance of everybody else. Why then do you have to give away what has actually happened? Why do people do that?
1: Well, there is a lack of etiquette out there, I think, when it comes to this kind of thing. I think it does come down to reflexive excitement, though. I mean, I watched the episode yesterday morning quite early, and then I found people I was following on Twitter, and I've got, like, the word succession muted on Twitter, so I'm just trying my best to not even see anything. And I just saw people openly talking about plot developments as if everyone had seen it. Because, again, it's not the way it used to be. We're not all gathered around the television at 9pm on a Monday. Everyone can kind of go their own way with this. And I guess the problem is, it's reflective of the success of the show. People are going to just jump in ahead. Why do they do it? Like I say, I think it's a lack of etiquette thing, but I think ultimately, is that not what social media is? I don't know if you can really get in front of someone and chastise them for being excited. At the same time, you would want common sense to prevail and realise that for a lot of people, they're not going to get to it until 12 hours after you have. It, and you should just kind of keep shtum until then, as excited as you may well be.
0: But in addition, Lane, I believe there were prominent media organisations, even here in Ireland, who were putting up stuff on social media and on their websites in advance of the nine o'clock screening last night.
2: I know, and that's because it was available to people who stream it before the actual airtime. But yeah, this is the nature of, of the two things at play here. It's It's not just that people are innocently chatting about it in online forums, it's because... Social media, especially, and also a lot of content, the way you approach it via search and stuff like that, it's engineered in a way these days that people are very, very... Uh, motivated to capitalise on trending terms. And what happens is when something significant happens, and even if only a small pocket of people get wind of it quickly, even even a celebrity death would be an example of this, few people would know about it and then many people would very quickly know about it because of search trends. And that means that content creators, both on social media and even on their own websites are driven to capitalise on that. Because if something is trending, you need to be following it, otherwise you're not appearing in search terms people who maybe don't even care about this TV show might be Googling it just so that they can hold a conversation with their co-worker about it or something like that. And there's people who have the genuine appetite because we've lost that collective experience of watching together in a lot of ways. There are people who really, really want to talk about it straight away and they watched it alone um, at a disjointed time to other people. So they're desperate to have a chat about something that felt monumental in the thing that they're watching and because of that loss of collective experience as well you get people driven to drive those searches and drive those trends up and up and it just becomes the, the entire system is engineered to create spoilers
0: to give us examples, Dave, of when this has happened before, I know you've one particularly good example of a personal story in relation to The Sopranos.
1: Yeah, uh, this is my my father, my late father, uh, years ago. So when The Sopranos was on television, he loved that show. Uh, like every, It was appointment television for him and essentially I think it aired in the States slightly before it aired here and of course that's a finale that gets discussed till this day. So I guess the day after or the day after that, my dad was reading the golf section of the Irish Times, I think it was, and I guess it was wire copy from the US or something, but this golf report that has nothing to do with television or The Sopranos opened up with a paragraph about, well, much like Tony Soprano's demise last night (laughs) on The Sopranos... I've never seen my father so apoplectic with rage. I mean, like, like I thought he was going to just draft letters all day, all night, Uh, and you know, he was dead right. That's the golf section, man. What are you doing? So, that's an example of how it can just how pop culture can infiltrate the world and how it can be just totally, totally unavoidable. Game of Thrones, when that was on recently, granted, it had a terrible ending, but we were still glued to it. I downloaded a Chrome extension to just try and block spoilers out, but I still didn't go online. Like, like most people, a lot of people today, I should say, rather have to be online for their job and thus you might be on Twitter all day for work can't avoid it but at the same time you have to just understand that all bets are off now if you go online at all it's like a football game if you miss the football game you're waiting for match of the day too forget it put the phone away
0: Well they do the thing still on BBC News at 10 o'clock on the Saturday night before match of the day starts if you don't want to know the scores before match of the day starts turn down the volume and look away now but at this stage, does anyone actually not, not know the scores when the time Match of the Day comes on?
1: If you've made it that far, it's very impressive. I will say Match of the Day is very, very enjoyable if you don't know the scores that day. But again, glued to your phone, like people just texting you, it's impossible to avoid a sporting event. And television has become that way. Movies have as well.
0: And then, how about, Elaine programmes that depend on audience participation, such as Dancing with the Stars, or um, whatever the Saturday Night Shiny Show, uh, Shiny Floor shows have They got out of my head. One well, Louis Walsh is on. <laughs> What's it called again? Uh,
2: one of the Got Talent, is it? Yeah, Got Talent. Yeah, Britain's Got Talent, or whatever yeah, those things yeah. are.
0: Yes. So they depend very much on being in the moment and live as well? So how yeah, does that? And-
2: We'd, like. I, I would look like. I do like this aspect of like we're getting back to appointment to view television in a way because uh, people are you know expecting big things from an episode and they don't want to be spoiled about it so we get back to that collective experience which is nice in its own way but there are uh, some brands that have gotten clever about the fact that people don't always watch that way we don't really have linear broadcast model anymore um, and I know from my own experience RuPaul's Drag Race would be one of those shiny floor shows that I like to watch and uh, you don't want to know who the winner is ahead of time if you're a bit behind on your viewing. And they're really, really big on social media. They have a great social media team. And they'll do little tricks, like they'll let they'll flag up on the post that, oh, we're about to reveal the winner, so scroll past this quickly if you don't want to know. Um, and then it tends to be that the account itself does a really good job of hiding it, but then someone else will share who the winner was anyway because they were friends with them or whatever, and you'll find it out that way. But there are, uh, there is a conscientiousness even among the TV shows and the brands that they're trying to generate an etiquette around this and trying to make a an understanding that not everyone watches at the same time anymore. And maybe there needs to be like a, an unwritten rule of how long there needs to be before you could openly put something in a headline or in a post or anything like that to reveal something. I mean, I wouldn't have even revealed what um, was what said just there about the end of The Sopranos. I was like, I'm still so conscious of trying not to spoil anything for someone because watching things first time fresh eyes is
1: such a joy. I, I did actually want to double back to The Sopranos just for a second, just to say, well, the debate still rages about whether he demised or not. So, you know, the, the, it's inconclusive to this day. And also. So that, come on, that, that show ended in 2007. We have to have a statute of limitations on this kind of thing.
0: There's an industry here says, aren't there studies that suggest spoilers improve viewers' experience? Which is an interesting one because, Dave, the likes of Coronation Street and EastEnders now constantly promote via the tabloid media, effectively, and websites, what's coming up in tonight's edition and such and such characters about to be killed off. And you people tune in to see what they've been told is going to happen.
1: Yeah, well, first of all, I would argue that EastEnders and Coronation Street aren't quite on the level of writing as succession, but I would say... No, but they're very popular.
0: Oh, of course, yeah. And they also used to have much bigger audiences before they started this type of thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe it's an example of Shock TV and it is kind of generating a social media buzz and it does get people chatting. And maybe it's a tried and tested format that works specifically in the soap opera. I mean, the whole thing is interesting from the point of view of how society has moved on and how we kind of deal with this kind of information. There are people who will want to spoil the party just to get a kind of a, you know, a sick laugh out of it or something. But generally, I think there is an innocence attached here. And, you know, the horse is bolted from, you know, a kind of a media perspective. And as well, you know, you think about stuff like Taylor Swift or Kanye West releases, releases an album at midnight. There'll be a full review online somewhere at 5am, even if that reviewer hasn't had access to it for two weeks. Same with Succession. There was all these kind of, you know, post-mortem interviews, recaps, you know, like... Thorough Breakdowns there's a Succession podcast which is amazing by the way don't go near it until you've seen the episode but it is great we live in the age of I want to devour as many supplemental material as possible but unfortunately you have to try and get out there immediately and see the thing Elaine Burke last word to you
2: Um. yeah I know I completely hear where you're coming from and it's just like I wouldn't say it improves the experience for me. I like to be surprised by what I'm watching and delighted and to not know anything going in. Uh, that's just my experience. But if I hadn't known people and I do know people who are so averse to surprises that they'll actually read a full Wikipedia entry of an episode or a show before they go and watch it. Like those people do exist. So I suppose there's there's something for everyone in this thing.
0: Thank you very much, Elaine Burke and Dave Hanratty for being with us. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30.
2: Today